0: Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this podcast relating to compensation and fines in the context of UK GDPR. I'm joined today by our head of IP, Tom Lingard, who deals with the litigation side of things when things get too hot for um, the commercial and IT lawyers. Uh, Welcome, Tom. Hi there. Uh, I'm going to dive straight in and maybe just say, I mean, we have seen a, a slight change in the wind when it comes to compensation, but should we look first at fines and maybe you could start with a brief recap of where we are on fines in terms of calculating them, Tom?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, just a bit of first principles, but the when, when uh, fines are awarded, the principle under Article 83 of the GDPR is that they must be effective, proportionate and dissuasive. Um, and there are a number of factors also set out in that article which um, are supposed to be taken into account. Those include things like the nature, gravity and duration of the infringement, whether it was intentional or negligent, um, also whether the controller or processor has taken any action to mitigate the damage, um, the degree of responsibility of the controller or processor, um, whether they've been found to have committed any previous infringements, um, whether they've cooperated with the ICO, the types of data involved. Um, so, all those types of things are things that are supposed to be taken into account by the ICO when, when deciding on the level of the fines. Um, those are subject to two sort of statutory uh, maximums. So, the standard maximum amount is £8.7 million, pounds or 2% of total worldwide annual turnover. Um, and that's for infringements of various lift controller and processor obligations, including the obligation to report a breach. And then there's the higher maximum amount, which is 17.5 million or 4% of the total worldwide turnover um, for infringements of the data protection principles themselves. So those haven't changed. Those those remain the principles that are are considered when the ICO is is, uh, deciding what level of fines to take. Um, But there are sort of trends and and movements. And it's always interesting when new cases, new new, uh, decisions are issued. Um, One thing that that has sort of emerged in June last year was that there was a bit of a change in approach to dealing with the public sector. There had been a spate of of cases involving um, public authorities including um, uh, sort of hospitals and and local councils and so on Um, and there were some pretty hefty fines being levied there but in June 22, the ICO sort of announced a bit of a shift in policy to try and address those more through remedial action and working with authorities to, to correct things rather than just hitting them with big fines.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense really, because I can remember when GDPR came out originally, we saw most of the um, action was aimed at the public sector, the NGOs, the NHS, all of that. We've seen a shift slightly, haven't we now, to certain sectors in in the um, business world. And so it would make sense that the um, Uh, the monetary issues are um, affected in the business world rather than in the um, government sector and the public sector.
1: Yeah, no, exactly.
0: I suppose I was just going to say, Tom, there have been some recent fines and some recent interesting cases. Um, uh, Everyone's aware, obviously, of the British Airways situation and the fact that there were appeals of the fines. Are there any cases that you'd like to mention or that
1: Yeah, well there's a few there's a few sort of the more recent ones that might just be worth going in sort of reverse chronological order if you like um, and people may be aware of some of these so going back to May last year uh, Clearview AI was fined 7.5 million pounds um, for collecting 20 billion images of faces from publicly available information um, including data from the UK uh, then in October last year InterServe uh, following an investigation was fined £4.4 million pounds for having been found to have inadequate security measures in place to prevent a cyber attack, which led to the accessing of the personal data of 113,000 employees. Um, one other sort of aspect of fines that seems to have become more common recently is, is the idea of appealing uh, initial yes. ICO decisions, which does seem to, in, in a number of cases, work quite well. Um, in November last year, the Cabinet Office which had um, originally been fined £500,000 for erroneously posting unredacted postal addresses of the 2020 New Year's Honours list, um, that it, it appealed fine, and that was reduced to £50,000 on appeal, which um, apparently reflected the ICO's updated approach to working with public authorities. Um, and then the sort of the biggest one most recently uh, came out on the 4th of April this year, which was TikTok, um, and it was fined £12.7 million pounds um on the basis that it had allowed 1.4 million children under the age of 13 to use its platform in 2020 contrary to its own terms of service. So those are the sort of headline ones at the at the the top end. Um you know there remains a number of cases that are resolved without such public um judgments and and it's obviously when the sums get to that level that one tends to hear about them. But those are those are certainly the, the more recent ones that we've we've seen.
0: And a bit of a mix there between UK and EU. So you get a flavor for um who who is finding high and who is maybe um being a bit more pragmatic with their situation or certainly on appeal in the case yeah. of the cabinet office. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um compensation. So if we just we we, we haven't got all day on, on fines and um compensation, but I know from the work we're dealing with on a day in, day out basis, we're not getting quite so many of those. Um, pay up because you may have reached my data protection rights and I'm now feeling distressed. Yeah. They tend to go in <laughs> cycle.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we did, we had, you know, I, I suppose everyone's seen most people received letters and we had lots from, you know, forwarded on by clients where people had uh, strangely well-written letters from people alleging to have been deeply upset by finding that, you know, exactly. there, was a, there, there was a discrepancy <laughs> in the cookies policy of a website. Um, but, you know, the Supreme Court decision in Lloyd and Google Really, sort of seems to put paid to those where you know, the decision there was that um, damages aren't available without proof of financial loss or distress. Um, now that doesn't mean you know you can't still make out a claim for distress, but it it has made it that much harder to to do that. Um, and you know, then from a practical point of view, there seemed to have been a, a spate of, of of people trying their luck really, and you know one. Some of them were no doubt genuine claims but some of them seem to have seen it as a way to try and to to, to extract some revenue from um, from companies that were inadvertently potentially breaching the Data Protection Act. And we've those those seems to have really dropped off. So um, that's a sort of positive yeah, thing, I think, from a from a client perspective. Um, in terms of other cases, there have been a few recently where there have been claims brought and and, and damages decided. Um, again, sort of going in. There's a couple of sort of in reverse order. One was um, Ali and the Chief Constable of Bedfordshire, uh, and that involved the disclosure by the police to Luton Borough Council of um, of Miss Ali's name as the source of information concerning her ex-husband's cocaine dealing. Um, and it was breach of GDPR, misuse of private information and a contravention of Article 8. But even in those circumstances, mm. the damages awarded were only £3,000. It's, it's mm. not an inconsiderable amount of money, but you know comp- that's sort of real genuine... Acknowledged disclosure of, of, of very sensitive information there, and then the other one, um, even more recently, was uh, Bico versus the Mayor and Burgesses of London Borough of Islington, and this was where Islington misused private information and breached the GDPR by accessing and sharing information about the individual's finances during a possession claim, and in that case, the damages awarded was six thousand pounds. So, you know, those are so those are claims which have worked their way all the way through to a judgment involving pretty clear you know well you know found to have involved breaches of some quite sensitive information and you know in the context of of damages for other types of wrong 3000 pounds 6000 pounds it's not a huge amount so um, you know i think it's important to to bear those figures in mind and and one always wants to make sure that clients will do the right thing and, and and where there is genuine distress then um, it's important. To, it's better to try and resolve those amicably than it is to go through an expensive I, claim along that. But yeah. I agree. An and idea. I
0: suppose the, the other thing to bear in mind is whether or not there may be a breach of confidentiality or IP rights, things like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, very often we see these sort of claims brought at the same time as a, a breach of yeah. confidence or, or some other kind of action. So it's one to wear in the mix. But this, if you've got sort of material damages arising from from a, a different sort of claim than actually from a, a quantum point of view, the, the data breach amount is, is likely to be quite small.
0: Yes, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that you could actually, on one thing, lots of different claims can arise, and um, that the quantum of damages could be different depending on which which cause of action you you go with. Yeah, yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah, well Tom, I'd like to thank you for your time today. I appreciate um, data protection, fines, compensation is always on the board's agenda. Whether or not we've demonstrated that it's something to be aware of but not something to necessarily um, worry in the case of compensation claims uh, is another thing. I'd like to thank everyone for listening on the podcast and um, if anybody has any queries please feel free to contact myself, Beverly Flynn, Head of Data Protection, or Tom Lingard, header by please. Thanks for listening.